You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. So happy that you are tuning in this week. And per usual, I'm so excited to introduce the guest for this week's episode. She is a dear friend of mine from Atlanta, Georgia. She is a Vietnamese-American writer, poet, and activist, and host of a show called Wake Up Atlanta. She is none other than the superwoman that is KV Vu. KV came into my life through collaboration, through the Star Showcase in 2012, which was our first national competition, and she was this tiny little Vietnamese-American young woman, took the stage, read her poem, like recited her spoken word poem, and completely destroyed me, and I've been in love with her ever since. So I'm so excited that she's here to talk about a subject that is honestly kind of difficult to unpack because I have gotten more political as I get older. I've always cared about justice and how how things work and and everything like that. As an idea, I've really always, not always, but for a long time, have cared about it. But I've also had this ongoing, overwhelming fear of it or feeling kind of incompetent or ill-prepared or just so frustrated that I can't make a difference. All of the above. You know, politics are very, very dicey and frustrating and petty and weird. And so I really wanted to invite KV on, which was one of the best things I did because I think she's just so brilliant at breaking down things that are really complex and understanding how simple they can be. And to take bigger concepts and to really translate them into something that everyday people can understand. And that is the entire point of her show called Wake Up Atlanta, which is speaking to her fellow Atlanta Georgians about their community, about politics, and about their rights. And it's some it's a conversation that I'm really passionate about sharing with the rest of the world. So I'm so thankful that Katie took the time to sit down with me, to share her thoughts, to educate me, and that where we could unpack a lot of things. So it's not necessarily about like spilling the tea or partisan politics, but it's about understanding how things work, why we engage with it the way that we do, and why we disengage. So I hope that it's a great conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is this week's episode with KV Vu. Enjoy! All right, let's do this. How you doing? I'm good. I'm better today. You're better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I love your joke. You're like, oh, you can't tell if I'm sick or not. <laughs> I know. People are like, wait, are are you actually sick? And I'm like, yes, like, yes. And they're like, I know, you just sound like that all the time. You can't tell. It's just a, per- a perpetual state of rasp. I'm kind of getting there because I've been doing voice stuff podcast. My voice always kind of has that rasp when I'm like tired, but it's just there now all the time. Because you're always tired. <laughs> oh, no, we're working on it, working on the self-care. Well, thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Of course. Out in, out in ATL. How how is everything it, treating you in Atlanta right now? What is what's I what's love the it. 411? Can't ask yeah? for more. Yeah. Staying in Atlanta is um is was a great decision. 
yeah for me yeah personally professionally yeah what was it it's, okay so to get everybody introduced into into your life because i introduced you as a spoken word poet um as as an advocate for civic engagement and social justice i don't know i'm like i love being your hype woman how would you how would you <laughs> describe what is your log line for your life oh my god um I I would say I'm a storyteller in whatever medium mm -hmm. is necessary. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um I hate the like oh I'm a jack of all trades cuz that means I'm a master of none but <laughs> um I think we're changing that right now but yeah. Yeah, I I think that just like I get interested in whatever medium is best to tell the story that I need to tell. Um and I am a huge huge lover of stories um so whether it through be through spoken word poetry or video um or a podcast or uh hey. photos um yeah so i studied journalism in college and have been obsessed ever since i'd forgotten you had told me that back in the day because i met you through collaboration so to me you're just imprinted in my my soul as KV the poet mm -hmm. like that's always and I love that that that's who you are in my because I think that's a huge part of your essence um, the way that you communicate is extremely poetic it's very articulate and mm -hmm. eloquent right because I just like that's a whole other even like Giamazawa right the same year that I met you guys collaboration started exactly, 2012 yeah. and you know he's a rapper now he's amazing he's an amazing musician but to me y'all are poets um, and I forgot that you studied journalism in school yeah, yeah. It was actually one of my, um, like through journalism school and English classes is when I learned what spoken word was. I really uh -huh. thought that it was just, um, like rapping is what I was doing with, <laughs> with no melody or rhythm, but <laughs> KB's got bars. You know, that's really what I thought, thought I was doing. <laughs> people were like, wow, how long have you known spoken word poetry? And I'm like, what's that? I'm definitely a rapper. <laughs> so. I love it. Yeah. Okay, now you use a rapper. Okay, secondary poet rapper KV Vu. Cool. Wait, so where did you, where did you go to school again? Was it University in? of Georgia in Athens? University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. You're just a Southern girl. I am. I am. I love it. Yeah. No, actually, going to um, University of Georgia was like way north. Because um, I mean, putting things to perspective, my parents and and I grew up in. Um, south georgia like really really south georgia like almost florida um and so when people um i think the rest of the country um hears like oh wow you're from georgia um they're like wow you're really from the south but i think in atlanta like when the people hear where i'm at really from they're like oh you're from the way south <laughs> there's such <laughs> the a big difference south. Mm -hmm. yeah and honestly, that was one of the coolest things that I feel like through collab and and through you and like meeting everybody that I did, meeting Asian Americans and meeting different people. It's not even just Asian Americans, but it, like it's such an in my mind at that point, growing up in California my whole life. And I knew that people were in these like major metropolitan areas of the country. But like, I didn't know that many people from the South. And it's been such a I'm, it's like a treat for me. I, I love getting to know you. I love, I've been in Atlanta a number of times right now, like meeting the people, eating the food, hearing the music, feeling the vibes. 
it's so different that Southern hospitality is real and it's like it's extremely friendly and like there's a vibrancy about it that is very unique to its own. Yeah. Including you, KV. Yeah. Asians in the South. We exist. (laughs) Yeah. It's on a chicken farm, no less. Heck yeah. (laughs) On a farm. Yeah. So I'm curious, though, because you say that you're a storyteller and this is kind of like big on the bigger topic of like why I wanted to sit down with you. And I felt like you're such a perfect person to talk about um, kind of just like the socio-political climate, Oof. right? This this mm-hmm. place that we're in, and the, and the deeper, the deep, not just about like the data, the stats, and everything, but it's really kind of like the heart of it. That's why I turned to you, KB, because you're part of my heart. And <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, you're working in a very pro- political arena, um, which a lot of people don't like directly interact with on a regular basis right it right. seems like a very periodic thing um how how did what was the did was that something that you knew that you're gonna do or was that something that what was the inkling where, where were those seeds planted that led you to this point oh my gosh um and and do you want to just like really quickly explain like what what your current job is because yeah like you well you're multiple hats too because <laughs> you're a creator you know all the hats yeah i know right um yeah, yeah so um yeah before i get to the journey of getting here i'll explain kind of where here is um mm-hmm. and right now i run a web series um that has evolved to more of an organization that um encourages and educates Asian Americans in the South, um, specifically in Georgia, um, to vote, um, to be civically engaged and um, to ask questions of our politicians and ask questions of ourselves of what we care about um, and how we want to move forward um, as people and a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Wake up Atlanta. A, oh yeah, yeah. It's called Wake Up Atlanta. <laughs> um and yeah, like I okay, so there was no inkling whatsoever. Um I remember um growing up never talking about politics. Um I mean my parents could barely like grasp like the English language as simple as like how was school or what did you learn? Um so like talking about politics is something that would have never never happened in my in my household, I think I being a new citizen, um, so we mm-hmm. were um, considered aliens um, mm-hmm. uh, who had a green card here. And we were here for, I mean, most of my life uh, until I was 17, before my parents um, were eligible to take their citizenship test. And um, I, you know, I was that kid in like in the living room of my parents and like hearing the tapes over and over and over of the citizenship questions. Um, wow. I mean, honestly, some of which I don't think like Americans could even answer. Um, yeah. But like it, it was so hard. And for us being from the South South, um, the only place that you could become a citizen was in Atlanta. And so like you're talking about people who live in rural Georgia um where neighbors are far and few like like miles away from where you live um to going mm-hmm. driving making the drive to Atlanta and that's a, about 4 hours away um and it's so scary like now living in the city myself I'm like oh yeah like it's nothing but for my mm-hmm. parents who 
like already struggle with like driving on highways and then like parking like you never know how it's gonna be in atlanta and then like you don't know the language like you can barely read these signs they're small like all these things um so it was really difficult to get to the stage of becoming a citizen and then after you're a citizen it's not like there are like classes that you can take or somebody to hold your hand to be like hey so now that you can like you're a citizen you can register to vote then like these are your politicians and it's not like they're going to be going to reach out to you because you live like 30 miles away from the city right Um, yeah so those were like unique uh challenges that we faced and so no politics was not something discussed in my family um i started journalism school and like in journalism and in photojournalism, you talk heavily about politics because we are, you know, democracy's eyes and ears. Um, but I didn't feel like I was. I was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't know anything about this. And yeah. I feel like my professors, while all amazing professors, did not have a good grasp of like the immigrant perspective. And so right. they were like, just go to town hall. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> like, I've never heard of that before. Right. Um, so, yeah. my I, I, even, I think I learned about town halls through TV, just sidebar. Oh, really? Like, so Not through school. I really didn't grow up watching TV because we lived so far in the South. We didn't have cable. Like, <laughs> Oh, are you serious? See? This is, this is real. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Continue. This, this is I was real. a TV uh-huh. junkie. <laughs> and uh, so... When, when I first, like, I was heavily involved in Vietnamese Student Association in college. And, um, like, I super wanted to give back to the Vietnamese community. I thought it was really important. I got involved with collaboration um, after I did spoken word. And then I found myself, like, in the middle of this big Asian-American community. And I was like, wait, like, I have this community. This is so cool. And it exists. Yeah, it's real. it totally existed. And, uh, it, and there was never a moment when I was like, yeah, like I want to build an Asian American community and I want to be a part of it. It was just like things that I was interested in happened to be with other Asian Americans. Um, and then Fee, the co-founder of Wake Up Atlanta, um, she's a lawyer at the time. Um, and she was like, I, I think that we need to get more Vietnamese Americans to register to vote. And then she found mm-hmm. me on Facebook and was like, you have 2,000 Vietnamese American friends. We need you. <laughs> data. Data playing its role already. Right. Right. So she was like, I don't care who you are. You need to be part of this. Um, and I felt, and she didn't say it in these words, but I totally felt my responsibility as someone with any kind of social media following, following or influence. Um, to do something that was bigger than myself. Uh, I know people mm-hmm. say that a lot, but like, yeah, it's so real. Um, and I was like, oh, I just naturally post things that like interest me and somehow people like it. And so I need to post things that are important to them and affect their lives and whether they like it or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's as you're like civic duty. <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. Um, so, yeah, we we started Wake Up Atlanta from there. And it's perfect because I know nothing about politics or I knew nothing about politics, voting, uh, like bills, laws, like anything. And so 
I was our target demographic. <laughs> Interesting. That's such a good insider view. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it, it's so it's kind of like meta about what it really is, because I think when you hear the word politics, you hear things being political, there's a disconnect or kind of a separation of self from that. And it's like, oh, it's so political. And you kind of like throw it over there in like a basket, yeah. like the junk drawer. And you're like, that doesn't pertain to me. But that's absolutely false. Like, if we're going to look at facts and facts still matter and facts, are <laughs> you know, truth matters, which facts? it's. Life, life is very political. I mean, for for me, I I was the same as you. I never really talked about, um, like bigger government politics or anything like that. I had, I knew that mayors existed and I knew that town halls existed specifically from TV shows. Uh-huh. Like again, pop culture was a huge, huge educator in my life. Mm-hmm. Aside from, you know, the institutional education, mm-hmm. which in California I was very fortunate. I grew up in Cupertino. Specifically, my parents paid so much money. Mm-hmm. You know, as immigrants to educate me there because schools were there. And that's a whole other, you know, ball of wax. We mm-hmm. could talk about how politics touch every corner of our lives, including that, including schools and what we're going to learn exactly. and how. Um, but my education, and like, again, it came a lot from TV. It came a lot from music, like listening to Tupac even. And, yeah. Yeah. and, and people talking about issues. A lot of that came into my world very much not through institutions. It came through culture. But for me, it was funny because my political acumen or whatever came from a completely non-political sphere, but it was like political in school because I ran for class office. Ah. So my my foray into like understanding voting and campaigning and like all of that, like I literally can't remember what possessed me as a one of the only Asian kids in my very white high school <laughs> to run for office. But I was like... Why not? I And I was like a shy kid. I was pretty new. I was intimidated by the fact that I was like a minority. Mm-hmm. But it was that was my that was my introduction to it. And I had no idea what I was getting myself wow. into. All I knew is I want to help plan homecoming. Yes. And I wanted to, you know, if there's some issue that comes up about lunches or like what I just kind of gravitated towards that. And like that experience taught me a lot at 14 years old yeah. that what we what we choose to do with our time and if there are things that matter to us like homecoming like yeah. something as small as that you got to do something about it oh my god but then again like that, motivations crazy. are different and in and, and very varied between people because i'm sure there's it mattered a lot to a lot of other people they're not all going to be motivated to act in that way on it but i my job was to engage my class or like tell them like hey this is what my platform i like i can't even it's so funny to think of 14 year old me all I cared about was like, how do I get votes? I got to make posters. I got to do like all of that. And I have to do a speech or something like all of that's kind of in a black hole. I don't remember all of it, but oh I know that gosh. it happened. That's crazy that you mention it because I also ran for like class secretary. And love it. There was never a moment that I was like, I want to like represent the people. I was just like, yo, I yeah. just want another picture in the yearbook. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so were you very, you're very like achievement oriented you're the baby of the family too mind you right like, i am i am yeah i love it kv you're like the best because like i feel like you're such a humble and grounded person but you take your shine and i love you so much for that because you don't do it in a way like people gravitate towards your shine because you're just like hey it's me <laughs> no, and i it's, love it's so it funny like thinking about it because i mean i've never thought about that before like holding class office um I think yeah. 
I think what I learned in school, like, yeah, now that you mention it, I totally took government class. There was a civics class, like, hello. But I do you remember anything? <laughs> it, I remember, honestly, I remember, remember nothing. And at the time, even when I was learning it, I don't think I ever applied it to my life because it was just mm-hmm. like this compartmentalized, like, well, school is school. And then yeah. like, well, life is life. And yeah. school and life don't mix because like when they talk about city government, they're talking about all those folks over there. I'm not part yeah. of that because number one, I'm not a citizen. And number two, my parents don't go to these things. Like we go to church and then we go the hell home. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> to our chickens. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, definitely compartmentalized everything. And we are so good at it, freaking Asian Americans, at compartmentalizing mm-hmm. that we never realize like how much one thing affects the other thing. Right. And it takes time and it takes like life experience to let those things sink in. And that's the thing, too. Well, I mean, to to go because my friends, I have friends of mine who are teachers now. Right. Mm-hmm. And they spend every, you know, so many of their waking hours and their energy and their time and their thought to get creative about how do I reach a kid who this is very soon go- and it does affect them now, but it's very soon they're going to be participating in it as yeah. soon as, you know, they're of age and able to vote. How do I get them to care? And that's something that it just baffles me. Again, get, kind of zooming out like that's the micro that's that's their job in their day to day. And then I zoom out and I'm like, you're not even getting paid enough to do this. Oh, like you're you're trying to you're trying to teach students about a system that does not even honor you and the work that you so anyway it's just like very baffling because now as somebody who is these are my peers they're my friends they're my they're my homies and my colleagues i want you know and having earned money myself i really care about them getting what's due to them and that's the things that you learn as you learn how to make a dollar and that you learn about your education and understanding privilege or what you had advantageously and what you learned and what you didn't learn compared to the person next to you it's mind-boggling yeah and if they had that support to like i mean look at that dollar and look at where it goes because i sure did not i was just kind of like yo i'm making three dollars that's it that's cool (laughs) cool yes yeah i was like an intern you know i took whatever money i could get and i never questioned it at all until like i had the mentorship to kind of say hey like you're you know, like, uh, like for freelance rights, for example, um, in like our freelance economy here in Georgia, like we don't get, we don't got any rights. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I was talking to my freelance friends about that. I'm like, that's politics. Like that's politics yeah. at work. That's politics literally directly affecting your lives. And they're like, <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah. Which is why I have so much respect for you that you take the time and that you made it your creative and like civic career to educate people on the ways that things impact their lives. Because I think these conversations are very few far in between. We're always like, and this is me like straight up working in Hollywood, right? Like I work in storytelling in that format, right? Mm-hmm. And there is there is an art, there is a skill, there is a business to all of it. But for me, I genuinely like, I get, I get tired. It gets exhausting because it's part of work and then it's part of life. Like I go on my Facebook feed and everyone's talking about Game of Thrones. And I was like, yeah. is anyone paying attention to the freaking Mueller investigation? Mm-hmm. Is anyone understanding what the constitutional rights are being like completely 
put down the dumpster. Like, right. do you know what's at stake right now in terms of all of our lives? But y'all are gonna like obsess about how bad this series, this season of Game of Thrones is. Yeah, I get it. Like, it's my industry. Fictional. <laughs> it's it it kind of and like I'm not trying to I'm not like hating on these are like my my dearest friends. I yeah. love all of you, but it's also like. These are also – and they can teach you about politics. I'm sure people look at these fantasy worlds and think very much about how it applies to our political lives. So mm-hmm. not that we're not thinking about it, not absorbing all of it. You know, I'm not th- saying that. But the conversations – I don't know. And you, you tell me what you think and what's in your newsfeed. Because mine is like – it used to be – I mean there are certain times where it gets really, really heightened like during election time. And then there's just times where it just doesn't matter. Like the in-between the elections, things yeah. just don't really get shared. There's uh, – and it's – I mean social media is not even like a great place to do that because mm-hmm. it becomes so contentious really quickly. But do you see that? Do you feel that? I mean you're the yeah. ones that's doing kind of more daily. I'm I'm feeling it a lot um, whenever – something big happens like Mm -hmm. like okay so there's been talk about a heartbeat bill in georgia um and i mean that's been like there's been talk for what like centuries (laughs) and like now now that it actually passed and then now that there is one in alabama like people want to start talking and it's like right i mean i get it people are on their own different journeys and people are busy like paying the bills um yeah but like now we're seeing a ton of um, Facebook statuses or IG stories talking about the Alabama and Georgia bills. And it's like, <sighs> like, OK, why why weren't you paying attention or like trying to do something about this before? But now you're yeah. expressing your like your disappointment in it. And it's like, well, somebody put these motherfuckers in office like <laughs> Like it's and that's and that's the part I think we're as as a generation or as a society right now really in the middle like we're we're not the beginnings of social media we're not we we cannot claim ignorance anymore right we we understand the underbelly we we know how things work so I feel like we're at a at a point right now societally where we cannot claim you know what's the word like the outrage culture we're we're calling that out too yeah. and I think that hopefully. Myself included, I want to like put myself on like out there needing to take responsibility for the things that I am not doing. And I, too, am just like being part of the the outrage culture, the cancel culture. Like, yeah, it's all getting a bit ridiculous because when you look at it and there's enough data points now, look back and be like, look at all this stupid stuff that we've gotten mad about that we could have done something about before and how. And so, like, let's take a moment that's going to be upsetting. It's going to be uncomfortable as hell. But like, let's look at that really like in the face and be like, well, what now? Right. Because, I mean, that's really what it's about. Right. You can you can. That's growth. It's never going to be fun. Right. It's going to be ugly and harsh and be like, dang, I was I'm not proud of that version of how that was going. But what are the like, I can't even imagine like I'm personally just to talk about the 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 heartbeat mill and, and Alabama there's a lot of outrage going on and I get it. I mean, I'm emotionally there, but I feel like I'm still unpacking it mm-hmm. because I'm trying to watch more and read more before I speak on about it. Yeah. Which is only making me angrier. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. How's that going for you? Um, I mean, I, I think I'm past because we've been talking about it for a while and I've been seeing so many headlines on it that I think I'm past the point of outrage and confusion 
I'm just mm-hmm. now I'm like anticipating all my friends bringing it up. Um, and mm-hmm. like, I, I guess I'm, um, more preparing to react to all my friends' reactions. Um, and just saying mm-hmm. like, Hey, the fight is not over. If you're angry, yeah. if you're, um, confused or curious, there are things that you can do. Um, there are right. organizations that you can give your $5 boba money to who will fight this through legislation. There are the country's best lawyers who will be fighting this, um, all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, and I mean, whether you believe in the Supreme Court is a whole totally different thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it just Mr. Takes, Kavanaugh, <laughs> right? It just takes us paying attention to more things. It doesn't like I, I think that we we don't need to fully wait until we understand every single aspect of something to be like, yeah, huh, what can I do? Um, yeah, and for sure. Like in my, I mean, I'm on this um this attempt to go zero waste right and i'm mm-hmm. i'm learning a lot about sustainability and it's scary because when you say zero waste it's like wait that's literally not possible in like where i live um if it's not a um like a pedestrian friendly place or if there aren't um um grocery stores that don't allow me to buy things with packaging things like that but um, I heard a quote that was like, we don't need 1,000 people to do zero waste perfectly. We need a million people to do it imperfectly. And I thought oh, that that oh. same thing can apply to politics. Like we don't need just mm. like a thousand, you know, like really like deep in the trenches politicians. We need the masses to be. Right. Yeah. Because politicians, not, not any politician can do the work that the masses can do. Right. For sure. And that requires education. You know, like there's so many that when I wanted to talk to you about civic engagement, just politics and voter registration, I mean, I was like, geez, I don't know how <laughs> I was like, I well, I love you. And I think you're brilliant. And I learn so much from you every time we speak. So I was like, this could go on for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And I say this like on every podcast, like we have to follow this up. But just to like, for this one, as as like, the intro as we're stepping into this conversation, like I I felt a level of discomfort. I'm just being completely real. Yeah. Even to to step into it, even though I feel like in context of a lot of my friends, I'm more political mm-hmm. or more vocal about things. But then I was like, okay, if I'm going to go public with a podcast episode and in some fashion paint myself to be, am I painting myself to be some kind of expert? I'm not, mm-hmm. but I care. That's basically yeah. what I want to put out with this episode is that I care. I'm trying to learn. I am learning. Um, and that every step of the way in my life, everything that I've gone through, whether it was getting my first job and learning what, you know, how taxes work, because that I'm yeah. sorry, handing a 16 year old kid a worksheet and turning on a video and turning off the lights is not going to turn. I'm sorry. Right, I don't remember right. your name, Mr. <laughs> whatever basketball coach from high school. You're a wonderful person, but that's not going to teach a child how taxes work or right. even what the larger implications mean or what those taxes are used for. My God, like from that to now, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur, starting my own business, um, being a freelancer, being an artist. If I have 
um, something that I make. Everyone's a content creator now. Like, how do you protect your intellectual property? Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that the world is not going to burn before my children are 30? <laughs> you know, like so many Can things that have we children? have to juggle. Yeah. <laughs> I know my hypothetical children, you know, and yeah. like, you know, the, the, the uterus in the womb and the eggs that I don't have complete ownership possibly, you know, I don't know. <laughs> It's it's just down to everything. Every experience in my life has taught me how intertwined these worlds are. And they're, they're something that yeah. it is irresponsible. It is – I'm just – sound really harsh here. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's irresponsible. It's dumb. It's wasteful. It is expensive. It is harmful and dangerous to not care. Yeah. So uh, I'm not I'm not rebuking the people that have had fear. I want to unpack that because I've I'm trying to – I'm in my 30s and I feel like I'm really just starting to get truly educated, truly active in a in a way that I respect. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I've been eligible to vote since 18. So I'm just trying to unpack this. I'm taking responsibility for those things that I just described. I, I, I apply that to myself the way that I have removed myself and removed responsibility from participating. Yeah. Because I really just haven't, you know? Yeah, I think that. And rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when we say that so when I started doing this work I was like oh my gosh so many young people don't care everybody is kind of shitty and everybody doesn't care they are so selfish and just care about their own lives and then I was doing more of this work and uh-huh. like got really like got really heavy all the time you know and like, just, oh my gosh. Like, and you know, I was inviting in so many different, like, opinions, uh, like, on the political spectrum, um, because Wake Up Atlanta is, um, uh, nonpartisan. So we nonpartisan, don't take a yeah. stance. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, this stuff is so exhausting. And as a regular person, because I need to remember that, like, that's my strength. Cause I'm a freaking regular person. I'm not a freaking politician. I'm not a mm-hmm. lawyer. I didn't study this shit. I don't remember anything I learned in school about it. Like, I'm a regular person. And as a regular person, this is so exhausting. And so I yeah. think that, I think that a lot of young people care. Um, yeah. they, they, I think they show their care in different ways. And I don't think, True. I don't think that organizers and, establishments understand how to how to take that from care to action just yet yeah um and and you know we're we're still trying to figure that out but like yeah like sometimes when like politicians have reached out to me and been like hey okay you you're you're clearly one of our like super volunteers can you come to this event at 3 p.m on a wednesday and i'm like Okay, that's so specific. And who literally could do that? Like who? Yeah, you know. Um, and yeah. it's, it's weird because like politics is either number one, a, like a super snail moving like thing that you you just can't see any results. Like you you just do all this thing. Like you know you might like call your politician or you might write a letter. You follow them. You do whatever, and you don't see any results because politics is slow as hell. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it's like something will be overnight. Um, and I'm like, can you guys make it a little more consistent? Cause that, I think that's what turns us away. Um, yeah. but, but in those times we have to keep fighting to turn towards it. Um, because the, yeah. the system is not broken. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do is to turn you away. 
And so um, no matter how hard it is, I just like, I just keep encouraging people to keep turning towards it when it's like, obviously not made for us. One, oh, I see. Does everyone understand why I talked? <laughs> <laughs> you just lifted me up and educate. I mean, yeah. I mean, it makes total sense of like why. I mean, I'm, I'm turning a lot of like this anger of the way things are and, and feeling like we don't care. I know people care. So let me, I, I need to like continue to <laughs> finesse what, what my stance actually is mm-hmm. and to just be real about that. Cause we say things out of emotion. We make decisions emotionally. And that's why even for what I want to do with first of all is to like talk about our feelings because I think our feelings drive a lot of these decisions. Our logic is our logic and our feelings are our feelings mm-hmm. and they coexist together and they influence each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, what we feel about ourselves feeling powerless or feeling hopeless or not feeling educated enough, feeling so overwhelmed with like, when I opened my ballot, let me just take a second. Like when, when, how did you feel when you opened your first like elect, you know, ballot? What do you call it? The booklet that you get. I mean, we get booklets like all the time. And I'm like, yeah. how is okay, this is like so, worse than the SATs? That's how I felt. Like, yeah, how am I supposed to absorb so all this? How am I supposed to make a sound judgment? <laughs> right. And there were, okay. So let me tell you of one of Wake Up Atlanta's biggest successes that came from me just being really confused. <laughs> it was great <laughs> because um, we were in this election. Like, so Georgia had a governor's election last year and. I was, we were crazy. We were like, okay, we got to get people to vote for this election. Um, and I mean, dude's going to be governor for what, four or six years? I don't even know. Um, and like we were hitting like high schools, colleges, churches, um, like everywhere and telling people you need to vote. And then Mm -hmm. like, I want to say two, like a month or two before the election, um, I open up the ballot, you know, the sample ballot that they put online. And I'm like, yeah, it's see, it's so easy. You can get your sample ballot here. You can read it and then you can go vote. Duh. And okay, girl, it was like two in the morning. And my ass is like, wait, wait, I've been reading the same ballot for like two hours. <laughs> and so that, real. Yeah, dude, like so I'm literally real. telling all these people to vote. And I'm like, it's so easy. Like you just got to do it. And then I'm reading this thing, like rereading it, rereading. I'm like, I have no idea what this says. Mm-hmm. And so my, my co-founder who is a freaking lawyer, which like helps, but also doesn't because like she uses, she also uses lawyer language. So she takes it from political language to lawyer language. Oh God. And I'm like, I still don't understand. <laughs> my brother's a lawyer and it's, let me tell you, we got in some fights. Okay. Right after he was out of law school, I was like, stop cross-examining me or I'm going to kill you. Yes. Stop it. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I'm a regular human. Shut up. frustrating. And I'm like, why can't it just be in common language? Like, you're clearly not wanting people to vote. You're trying to to deter them. And so from that, um, we were originally just a web series. We only created videos. But I was like, I can't. I have to do a graphic that easily shows people, like, translating it from like Eng- well from English to English but English like their English to my English and mm-hmm. so um we we like just stripped it down of like it what does this actually freaking say 
And um, it was really just made for me. But I like, you know, designed it and put it on Facebook. And it went like Georgia viral. It was Love. really freaking cool. And it's not sexy. It was like, what does your ballot mean? You know, like it's not like cat videos or anything. But so oh, many people <laughs> were like tagging their friends and saying like, yo, we just talked about this. Like no one knows what this means. Um, and it was so cool just to respond to something that we that, – that was literally just for me because I was like, I'm very confused. And I'm so sorry that I told you guys it was easy. This shit ain't easy. Like they made it yeah. to be difficult for us. Good on you. And like bless your heart for going out of your way to do that. And there are people that do that. Actually, like when it comes to election time, there are certain people that like go out of their way. They mm-hmm. distill a lot of like – just so many words that I'm like, I don't, I just don't, I can't, the sentence is so long that I don't know where it started and I don't know what the conclusion is. Yeah. And I'm like, I went to college. I'm not a, I'm not a dummy, but like, damn, like right. this is a lot. And there, there are people who do that. And then I feel like that's, again, what we're talking, like people are, are working to make it accessible to the masses. The masses are the people that if they are educated and have a, have a basic understanding of what, a, a, a policy means or what a rule change means they do care we yeah, care exactly. we want to we want to we want to spend our money wisely we don't want to hurt other people but there are a lot of things in place like you're really laying out and i would love to, if you could educate me and like the listeners on that of like the examples of things that you've seen that are systematically in place to keep people out because you've talked yeah. about voter suppression girl i know you've been through some things like <laughs> like I learned so much about what you share. And this is again, what I think the good of social media is that you can hear from your own friends. Mm -hmm. You can see like their experiences. They can tell you straight up in our language, like what's going on. So what have you learned in the time? Like you girl, when I was, I was in Atlanta last, what September, October Mm -hmm. for two weeks, I was working a job that I I would love to even chat with you about. Cause I learned a lot of that. Um, because it was right before the election. Ooh. But I was going door to door doing sales job for two weeks every day in a place like 45 minutes south of the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And you just learn a lot from interacting with people. And I watched you. We were getting boba and you straight up get up from like we're doing work. I'm like <laughs> on my laptop and you just get up and make a beeline for like these <laughs> these these youngsters in line for their boba and you're just like what's up are you registered to vote and just like talk with them in the next 45 minutes it's like dang kb's a savage man i love her but how has that been what have you learned from that are there any stories you can sh- share from that yeah um okay so it it's uh it's like inspiring and also really disheartening um when when i first started doing civic engagement work i was like I just need to get people to the polls. Like if I can convince them to get to an election booth, I'm good. And I, I think that just from there, they, you know, they're gonna find that inspiration to like, you know, keep an open eye out on like things going on in local politics. Um, or it will show them that, wow, voting was pretty easy. I can do it again and maybe I'll become mm-hmm. A presidential voter or eventually um, a super voter. Um, but uh, it was not that easy. I, mm. after I convinced so many people that all you have to do is go to the polls, I mean, register, of course, and then ro- go to the polls. 
I witnessed um, just, I mean, you know, I heard voter suppression before, but I never really like could grasp it. I'm such a tangible person that when people use buzzwords, I don't know what it means. And I, I like don't fully believe it when I don't really like get a tactical example of what something is. Um, mm-hmm. But I witnessed voter suppression firsthand. Um, I was at, I was helping translate um, for Vietnamese voters um, up in mm-hmm. Norcross, which is like 20 minutes north of um, the city of Atlanta. And we have a huge uh, Korean and Chinese and Vietnamese population up there. And so I'm waiting to just find like a Vietnamese person to tell them that, you know, I'm here and I can help you through all this. And we started realizing that there were so many people who were being turned away um, mm-hmm. with these like yellow slips. And we're like, oh, and so my kind of my priority being there is, you know, translate um, for voters, but also just make sure that people have a good voting experience. Um, I've recently become super interested in user experience. Um, and so like, I want the last face they see to be a smiling face. And I hope that that helps, you know, like kind of like the Walmart guy. Um, I love you so much. Yes. And (laughs) yours is a perfect smiling face. Be like, thanks for voting. Yeah. I'm like, thanks for voting. Have a great day. It's so nice today, even though it's (laughs) raining, isn't it? Rain is great. Rain waters trees. And like, so I'm, (laughs) I'm trying to be like the, like the best, like pick me up for them and they're like you know I, I don't know just be their hype woman for voting and um so I would ask a lot like how was your voting experience did you have a good time in there wasn't it great and we're actually not <laughs> allowed to be inside um the the voting location we have to be outside the volunteers um so I'm standing outside and a lot of people are coming out kind of angry and I'm like oh no like that's not good. We should fix whatever that is. And like the leader in me is like, I want to go in there and like, like fuck shit up and fix it all, you know? But like the volunteer <laughs> in me is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you had an unpleasant experience. There's oh. nothing I can do because I'm at the bottom. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, eventually like one or two hours in, we're like, wait, wait, wait. wait way too many people are coming out like angry, like what's going on. And so I start Mm -hmm. asking them a little more and I find out that they're, um, they're going to the wrong voting location. And so they're not able to vote there on the machines. And I'm like, wait, like that's your own damn fault. Why did you go to the wrong location? (laughs) Like y'all stupid. (laughs) So I'm thinking, okay, this is a user error. And then like a few hours later, it's like a hundred more people. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. There's user error, and then there's something else that's systematic. Yeah. So I'm, like, starting to ask another question, which is, why are you going to this location? Have you ever been to this location before? Who told you to come here? And they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, ResistBot did, or TurboVote did, or I received something in the mail that told me to go here. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, wait, wait. What? What? Why, why would it tell you to go here if it's not your voting location? And like, uh, I don't know, like upwards of a hundred people were like, wait, I've been voting here for my whole life and I've lived in the same place. Oh, what's going on? Like, why can't I vote here? Um, and so you can see voter suppression through changing the location where people are eligible to vote. Um, so like changing it just like a few miles down the street matters so much 
Because if people go to one location and they have to wait in line for two hours and then they get to the front of the line and you tell them that now they have to go to somewhere else, um, like ain't nobody got that kind of time. Yeah. I don't think I would do it. Um, Yeah. So that was one way. And um, like they didn't have enough provisional ballots, which is what people um, use when they're not at the right location. So you can still do a provisional ballot, which is like a paper ballot. But with a provisional ballot, you have to come back and like kind of follow up on that provisional ballot. So you have to say like, hey, I didn't bring my ID today. I did provisional, but tomorrow I'm going to bring in my ID. And they didn't explain that process at all. So a lot of people who walked away thought that they actually voted because they got their little sticker. Yeah. Like, no, how, how are you going to... That stick is not all of it, apparently. Exactly. And so, Ooh. so many people I talked with were like, no, I, I voted. I, I voted just fine. And I'm like, but you didn't. You're holding a yellow slip, meaning you voted provisionally. And they're like, I literally don't even know what that means. I got my sticker. Leave me alone. And I'm like, all right, like there's a lot to unpack here. We got to talk about this. And yeah. so by midday... Uh, my other volunteers and I were stopping people before they got in line to say, hey, can I check um, your voter registration like location real quick before you go into this one? And they're like, I mean, at first they were super resistant because they're like, I'm here. I'm I'm at the right place. I go here all the time. Like, leave me alone. But then we were super persistent about it because we didn't want them to get in line first and then be turned away. Yeah. And um, we successfully turned away like – a hundred something people. So like to the right. Location. Who were at the wrong location. Yeah, exactly. So we like gave them the address. Sometimes like I would text them like with my personal phone, like the address where they're supposed to go. And it's like five minutes down the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just getting like in front of that problem, like alleviated all the problems. But the voting, like the polling location manager was not happy because from the inside, all she's seeing is, is these stranger volunteers talking to voters and then turning them away. Not a good yeah. look. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Even though so, you're helping them. Right. Exactly. And we were letting her know that. And she was like super resistant because like she got a job to do. And yeah. Um, like, I was super angry with her and we exchanged lots of words. I left crying. I was pissed. And she was like, I'm going to do what I got to do to finish this job. And you need to leave. Y'all need to leave because you're in the way of me doing my job. And I'm like, but mm. you're not doing your job well. So what? Um, so it, basically we got kicked out and then we like got brought back. It was it was a mess. But the next election, which was a runoff, I went back to that polling location. I was assigned there. I didn't even ask to go there. And I'm like, it's just my luck. <laughs> I hate <laughs> this, this place. The universe intervening with some, I know. some really I'm deep like, stuff right now. I'm dead. So I go back there because I'm assigned and I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm an adult. We're going to get in a cat fight today. <laughs> and then I got this. She sees me and she's like, hey, like she's super happy, like big ass smile. And she's like, do you like what I've done? And I'm like, huh, what'd you do? And she's like, oh, like now we're implementing, like we have a little sticky note. Um, and we're writing down where like, if people come to the wrong location, we're writing down the right location and sending it, sending them there. Wow. And I'm like, who you learned that from? Who did you learn that from? <laughs> you did your job well. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I love that stuff. And what was the time span between that? Because you had the runoff, and the, what was the time difference between that initial, the two instances? A month. A month. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That was a stressful month. Yeah, it was. was like, it was. And like, I couldn't even blame her. You know, like afterwards when I like, you know, of course, like my petty ass was like, y'all suck. Like y'all need to get your life together. <laughs> but then like afterwards when she did that, you know, she was like, I'm trying my damn best. Like I bought sticky notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, she's like, you know, there's a system and I'm hired to do a certain thing. And Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, I got to report to my bosses. And so when you come in here with like your personal phone, trying to like put people's information into your phone and then like acting like you're helping them or, you know, saying that you're helping them, like I got to turn you away regardless of whether you're helping or not, because we got to follow the system. This is hundreds of thousands of people that I'm taking care of. And I'm like, yo, I mean, I feel that I get it. But yeah, you need to come up with a different system then, like yeah, yeah. So that that's and you have identified that. that very thoroughly. Exactly. I was like, yo, I've been here. I've been here from seven a.m. to seven p.m. It's raining. Mm. It's storming. You think you think if I wasn't passionate about like helping, like to bring some equality to elections, that I'd just be out here like wasting my time. I ain't even getting paid for this. I had to pay my, for my own lunch, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's a be hurt. Everything it's exhausting <laughs> and it's mentally draining. On top of the fact that like you're out there doing this this thing that's yeah. not paid and 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 just it, it maybe not like a thank, thankless job. I thank you, KV, thank and I think you. you know it's it's really interesting. I'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head about what what I can do, and I'm just I was like I'll use my podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's also yeah. therapy for me. It's a very selfish thing. I was like I need to talk through this because I don't want to set a poor example for like my children uh-huh. that they are victim to. I, I like I just have to call it out for what it is. I just felt like as a younger person, I had a lot of like uh, energy of like blame and. You know what? As an adult, I still do because I'm like, I still think that adults that have a brain and that have a soul should be held accountable. So, yeah, I'm going to blame you. I'm going to call stuff out if I think that it's, you know, funds are improperly used. And if you're abusing a very fundamental power. Right. So I wanted to kind of like, again, the taking responsibility thing. I feel like I was playing victim and being really blame, like blaming a lot of other external forces without acknowledging my own power and my own impact in like how those things play out on me right Mm -hmm. it is not a one-way street like there is power in the masses and like the things that i've learned since have been very humbling Mm -hmm. because i'm like you know a lot of things that i'll get upset about like for example like taxes on my property like i'm a homeowner now that's a lot that's a very big financial commitment and again as a as a working adult and having paid student loans out my butt right. and having to have seen my parents struggle and helping them at their store since I was, you know, a teenager. And um, I've been working since I was 14. You know what I mean? Like I've been getting a, a, a paycheck since I was a teenager, like, you know, decades at this point. And <laughs> that matters. Like the way that we're paid, the way that workers are treated, I – 
you know, got exposed to a lot of different things that at the end of the day, I'm like, if I'm not taking responsibility for the power of my vote or the power of the influence of a conversation or like to learn, to take the time to learn this stuff, then what am I entitled to be angry about? You know what I mean? Like it just, it feels silly and it feels dumb. And I just feel hypocritical that I'm getting upset externally at things that I do have the power to impact in some way and that I'm not doing and just getting mad about. It just feels like you're banging your head against a wall. So my thing is, um, yeah, not putting anything, you know, I'm not shoving anybody's face in the dirt or like putting anybody on a pedestal. It's a learning process. Like that's the main point of what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. is that at every point we're learning different things about who we are, what matters to us, and how that's going to play out in the rest of our lives. And politics is part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it's a very integral part that we can't ignore. And so I'm curious, like, for this part, like, what what do we got to do? Because I'm just like, I have some of the smartest friends around me. And I'm like, man, if we just use, like, 5% of all of our smarts, each person, we'd be in, like, a way better place than we are right now. <laughs> Dealing with the nonsense, with this administration. And, like, I do think that there's something kind of poetic about Trump. Like, as much as I loathe and despise him, he has ignited a lot of movement. And, like, I'm just praying and putting a lot of my good faith in people because yeah. I do have faith in humanity, that it is that it is lighting, igniting a motivation to make what we want, what we, what is good in the world, what yeah. is just in the world, what is ethical, what is moral and profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, all of, you know, we don't it's that's a that's that's a you know, that's a possibility. It's not outside of reality that we can live in a more harmonious way exactly. where we're not thinking everyone's like shady and like. <laughs> out for themselves and out to abuse their power like i think that like let's do something with that right what do we got to do kb oh okay yeah i i've solved it all uh okay you've solved it all and we're gonna solve it all in this this process driven (laughs) podcast no i think um yeah it's funny that you say um trump is poetic um and uh, yeah as much as like i think that the country is in um kind of this chaotic and um uh i don't know this kind of hell um it's Mm -hmm. it is beautiful it is beautiful because people just wanted someone like someone like regular um and not saying that trump is but like not a politician (laughs) Um, yeah 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 and they just wanted someone to be like it's it's funny that like they wanted someone to be transparent uh and got like the opposite of that. Um, Seriously. But you can, you could hear the cry of like a regular person who's like, you know, like the shit ain't working. Like my politicians, I call them, they don't listen and they're still being voted in. And I don't like that because they're not voting for my best interests. Um, and whether like the, the people decide in 2020, if their, pol- their current politicians are voting for their best interest, it's going to be interesting. But like, I think. I think when you said the power of your influence, um, I think a lot of people don't recognize their power of influence on Mm -hmm. their, like their siblings and their, Mm. their students, um, or their coworkers, um, or just like their group of friends in the freaking group chats, um, that like everybody like feels the need to like post on social media where you're going to get like a mass following and you have like 
six thousand friends, and surely it'll do something. But I really believe in like everyone not trying to be an influencer, but being a regular person. Um, Yeah, and like not like uh, working so hard to establish a brand, but just establish like who you are as a person and what you care about. Um, Yeah, like like I wasn't trying to be a um, I don't know, like a wake up Atlanta host or whatever, um, at this, that recent election, I was just a volunteer who was like, yeah, I could come cause I have some time. Um, and just being a regular person and knowing that like your friends really respect your, um, opinion and your perspective, that's huge. And having those conversations yeah. is like more than any politician could do. Um, and of course we have to do the like, like this and, um, because yeah, you have to follow politicians. Um, that's where your money is, but you also mm-hmm. have to make that effort to have the really difficult conversations with like your roommate. Um, for example, like my roommate is, um, pretty not political. Um, and she, like, she voted for the first time, I think, in this past election. Like, I don't even think she voted for, like, the president. And just, like, me doing all the civic engagement work, I thought would just, like, through osmosis, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it, and she would just get it. But no, mm-hmm. like, that takes many conversations. And so, like, sometimes yeah. I would just sit her down. Um, so we're working on census next year. Um, Wake Up Atlanta is super focused on getting out the count um, and trying to make sure that hard to reach communities are counted in census. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sitting here writing like a grant application for the census. I'm doing like heavy research, um, like writing a pitch, like all these things. And I look over and she's like cooking dinner. And I'm like, huh, Audrey, do you know what census is? And she's like, <laughs> nah, never heard of it in my life, you know? And I'm just like, huh can I have like five minutes of your time? (laughs) You know? And it was so refreshing to be able to talk to someone who doesn't know shit about it. Um, Because it Mm -hmm. also helped me figure out the words that I needed to use to educate somebody Mm -hmm. regular who doesn't live and breathe this work. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I I think the power, and then she like went on and talked about it to her brother and mom. And I was like, yeah, like, this is how movements happen. Yeah, I love it. It's seriously, it is a very like conversation by conversation thing. And like, I get, I get, I get a little eye rolly about the influencer thing. I'm surrounded by influencers, and right? Somebody, like someone called me that, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but we all have influence, you know. Like even if that term has become co opted for something else, it like the literal thing is that we impact each other. Yes. We do not live in a vacuum, mm-hmm. and that's really the point. Like, let's talk about things that matter like let's put the first things first because if we ignore the most important things it's kind of the same thing like nobody can eat your vegetables for you nobody can go outside and exercise for you like that's stuff you got to do and that's a responsibility you got to take and the flip side of that that i think is really beautiful is that it it is empowering i like again that word gets thrown out a lot but i can tell you from like as a regular person from a regular schmo who has done some things in her life that i'm like wow that's really cool and other things i'm like oh my god who even am i (laughs) um 
There, it's really, I've been terrified and I still am to this day of so many things. I am terrified to start my own business. I'm terrified to hire people and be responsible for someone else's living. Like how much I can mess that up. If I write a story that's like offensive to, I'm scared of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about a lot of things, but I'm also like overwhelmed at like how things are. So I don't think I can sleep well if, like, I just do absolutely nothing. And what I ask of other people is, like, just, like, having a conversation can open up the little things that we can collectively do that make a huge difference. I mean, that's what we've seen through, like, examples like crowdfunding. We've seen things like what happened with Crazy Rich Asians. I think it literally was, like, a handful of people just told their friends, like, go watch this movie and see what you think. And that's what brought out the masses. We didn't have like massive celebrities to like, like market this film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but the the reason why they did so well in the box office, I think, is genuinely because people just talk to each other about it. That's yeah. how we share about music and movies and books and shows and stuff. Right. Let's do the same things about things that affect our lives, right? Right. I'm gonna ask my mom some uncomfortable questions. I've already planned this out. Oh, I'm gonna snap. talk to her about her opinions. I want to ask my parents about how they voted. Because I haven't really talked about that with them. And I want to even start with that so that I have a clear understanding of, you know, even within my family, like what are what what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Because that matters to me. Do you understand what's your stance on like a woman's right to choose? Because I think this, I think a woman absolutely should have the right to choose what happens to her freaking body. Right. And it drives me crazy that we're we're educated in a system that doesn't even teach us about sex and our own bodies and that we're expected to like abide by these really puritanical outdated like very you know it's not even the masses that believe it but like by these people that believe this are dictating the outcome of all of us it just terrifies me so we got to talk about that you know yeah yeah i think yeah like we the people who um i think a lot of people like my roommate um don't think that they have that influence um and don't Mm -hmm. think that yet they have that expertise to do it. And so they just don't do it. But I would really encourage them to, because like, like you're the one who has that, that clout um, and that emotion, like you've been doing that emotional labor of like, you bring mm-hmm. your mom's soup when she's sick, you go to your brother's baseball games. Like I didn't do that. And so mm-hmm. like you were there for these people and they're going to listen to you the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like a politician was asking me to bring out um, some friends. Um, and he's like, hey, you have like like 3,000 Asian Americans following you. Like, like bring out some friends. And I'm like, you know how many music festivals I went to to gain friends? <laughs> like, you know, like it, not even like I did that because, to gain friends. But like, yo, I've done the freaking work. Now it's your turn. Yeah. Like, yeah. you go out and watch Marvel, like, with them, you know? Like, like yeah. you give them free succulents and maybe they'll be your friends too. <laughs> Um, you do your work i love that right like we've done the work and so we that's why we get to talk to our friends about it um and we've all done the work um with our group of friends now it's time to apply that work strategically now i think it's again it's maybe not as much effort as we think that's really what i'm trying to like alleviate some of the pressure and like reaching out this is me this is like really this episode's like a cry for help because (laughs) i i'm being so straight up that my anxiety and the collective anxiety that i just hear about literally kb every day i mean they're talking to like you know younger people that i know from from film festival world or like people that are in studios and like potential like 
funders and like all these mm-hmm. everyone's anxious. Everyone is feeling this like collective like mounting stress and i don't think it's gonna get Mm -hmm. any like i'm not trying to be like dismal about it but like it's i don't think it's gonna get better anytime soon but if we want to nip it in the bud and like really start to turn the titanic you know what i mean it's gonna happen in very very small increments but those small increments gotta happen so like we gotta learn what that is I don't know if we came up with any specific like crazy answers for anybody in this particular episode, but I do want people to check out your channel. I want people to read an article, look at where the sources are coming from, like do your research. I think it's really, it can be really interesting to learn how things work um, because it it shows you that they're not as complicated as you might think they are. That's definitely how I feel. Like I was like, damn, this thing is so scary and so complex. And some parts are, but some parts are really, really simple, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So we can just do those and like work our way up. You know what I mean? Like it takes one one little thing at a time and um thank the people that do the work that help raise us up like yourself. Like I genuinely from the bottom of my heart appreciate what you get up and do because it is not I'm telling you I get, still got to do my I I don't it's like last September I went. I don't think I did my southern episode um about my experience in Atlanta, but getting rejected, getting talking to people and having a conversation with people is very hard. Yeah. Convincing them to do something that they at in their life may not think is the right thing to do and just even have a conversation about that. Yeah. Not even like successfully convincing them, but just talking with them takes a lot. So there are people doing that work and there are people who are really open and not as like entrenched in their their beliefs like maybe we can really talk to each other and figure out like where are you coming from and maybe you'll learn a thing or two right and doing actually doing this organizing in the south has made me a more moderate person like Mm -hmm. i I think Mm -hmm. i used to have pretty like (laughs) radical views um (laughs) but yeah like doing wake up atlanta and hearing these everyday stories um of how policies the policies that like are good for me um negatively and affect somebody else i'm like oh i'm sorry i've literally never seen it that way um and yeah yeah Yeah. the way that like some policies that like i mean mostly policies that affect people of color um and immigrant communities are like like fuck you but then yeah i have heard some people are like um that doesn't help me that actually actively hurts my way of life and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I hear you, and and that's it. I hear you, um, right? So, but that's a start. That's a, that's that's another nugget of information and wisdom you'll take with you to like think about what what the real solution is, right? Exactly. Like it's again work in progress. Exactly. Oh, KV, yeah. where? Okay, well, bless your heart, and um, I hope. This is hopefully people are walking with more questions and answers. I I hope um, I have a lot more questions and I think um, we got to this is I think we just got to start the conversations now. I mean, yeah, 2020 is going to be here before we know it. And those decisions, you know, I'm still gathering the data, but I cannot emphasize these decisions very much matter. And um, if you're questioning whether your your participation matters or not. I am very much in belief that it does. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and also thank you to the international listeners. There's a lot of people from outside the U.S. that listen in. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, bless your hearts. I hope you're well. Yay. I don't know what's going on politically in your world because I have my hands full here. Yeah, because our, <laughs> our country is so, yeah, already a, a crazy, 
mess. But yeah, I think um, I totally lost what I was gonna say. Damn it! Okay, you're good. But KV, where can people find out more about your work? Like, if they want to watch Wake Up Atlanta, where did they go? Yeah, we're on Facebook, um, facebook.com uh, backslash Wake Up Atlanta, and on Instagram as well. Um, we try to give you common language civic engagement material. Um, and next season's going to be a lot more uh, relevant nationally because we're working on mm-hmm. census, and I think anybody can benefit from census information. Um, our last few seasons have been like super heavily focused on Georgia. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Thank you, KV, for being amazing. And anybody out there, like again, cry for help. Help, help a sister out. <laughs> help some sisters out. We, uh, I know there's a lot of people who care. Just see what you can do. Ask some questions. Google something. Read an article. Um, talk to a friend. You know, little steps. I think we'll get there. Um, we'll be more educated. We'll be able to have hard conversations in a, in a better way where we actually hear each other. Um, because that's what's going to yeah. be required to, to get past this, like, n- nuts oh, of wait, time I right have now. One more plug. And we'll be the I better think, for it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, or not a plug, but I think that, um, we do need to really celebrate our wins. Um, and not yes. just get so outraged when something bad happens. But like, if we reverse this abortion bill, like, we gotta make noise. We gotta talk about that. Um, and mm-hmm. not just like, oh, good, who, like, that, that's water under the bridge. Like, we really have to make noise when, when it matters so that they can know that, you know, this, this ain't gonna fly next time. All right. And we're gonna keep fighting it. Um, yes. so yeah, stuff like that. Really. Really congratulations. Go watch Knock Down the House, everybody. That I freaking I'm a huge AOC fan and I'm yeah. a huge fan of all the women that ran in the film. Um, it's just really incredible stories. It's a documentary, it's not that long, but I was just like so captivated by it. Mm-hmm. There are dope people that got elected last year. There's some there are some losses, but there are a lot of wins. And so yeah, like exactly yeah. Thank, I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. Bless your heart. We're keeping it ending on a positive yes. note. There are wins and like pay attention to how that happened. Again, my gamer friends out there, y'all have some brains that just work in a different fashion. If you could apply again, like five percent of that strategic, yep. like I don't know how people do settlers of Catan. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm talking about board games and video games. Like, I know my friends are smart. Everybody has, like, their skill and their brilliance. So just, like, use it, you know? Use it for good. (laughs) Yes, use your superpower for good. And play Catan with KV if you want. (gasps) Come through. Come through. (laughs) Jennifer Chung and I just played the other day, and I kicked her ass. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, hey. Oh, Jennifer, shots fired. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Oh my God. That's just me. Okay. I won't, I won't take us another tangent, but KV, please come back again. I love you so much. Um, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of First of All. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with a friend. Um, and leave a five star review and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else you find podcasts. My intro and outro was provided by Aquafina, and thank you to Marvin Yue for being my amazing audio engineer. And shout out to the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. Shout out to all of the podcasters out there who are talking about the things that matter and keeping us entertained, enlightened, and inspired. I love all of you. And if you would like to support me with this podcast, keep the microphone on, keep keep Marvin 
Marvin eating and everything, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Minjeezy. And KV, I want them to follow you. Did you already plug your Instagram? Oh, no, it's KV Boo. KV Boo. We will tag you. Okay, that's it for this episode for this week. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.